When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A very good morning, everyone, and welcome into Trot's Talk. Matt Markham in the chair today, filling in for Greg and Mick, who are both away, relaxing, doing nice things, probably in warmer places than what we have today in Christchurch, where it is rather damp ahead of a day of racing at Addington Raceway. Got a big show in store for you throughout the next hour. Can have some guests on: Kimberly Butt, Kyle Cameron. Carter Dalgetty. We're going to catch up with Mark Jones. We're also going to cross over to Queensland and catch up with Greg O'Connor following the first night of the big carnival over there, the Constellations. And we're going to talk about Leap to Fame, who is the most exciting pacer in harness racing at the moment after his emphatic victory last night. So plenty to dissect. We're hopefully going to find you a few winners. Hopefully everyone's uh, feeling nice and buoyant after that All Blacks performance this morning, especially that first 40 minutes. And we can take that confidence and turn it into cash today at Addington Raceway. Going to go to our first guest for the day. Kimberly Butt is online. A very good morning to you, Kim. How are you? Good, Matt. Excellent. Very well, thank you. Before we hook into what's happening today at Addington, Kim, it would be remiss of us not to talk about one of the cool moments of racing at Addington on Friday night. You had a win as both a trainer and a driver with Masterclass, who you trained for your grandmother, Jenny. Uh, A fantastic performance from him, and nice to see him living up to his full potential out on the track. You must have really enjoyed that one. Yeah, definitely, Matt. It was um, was probably as much as a relief as it was enjoyment. Um, obviously, we all have seen in the past that he, he does have a fair bit of potential and things have just gone a bit amiss of late. So, um, you know, with the help of a lot of people around me, we were able to get him back um, back on song and back in the winner's circle. They talk about drivers sitting motionless in the cart when horses went easy, but I reckon you were sitting motionless because it almost looked like you were too scared to breathe there up the straight, Kim. Um, he's obviously not the full package yet, but you're slowly but surely winning that battle with him? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, no, I don't think there was many breaths taken down the straight. He just, just got a wee bit naughty, um, would, had a few issues with his shoes um, last start. He, he actually pulled both of them and had been been a bit sore on one foot. So he's still still just feeling the effects of that, I think. So um, I actually don't think he was at 100% the other night. So hopefully um, he's just going to improve as, as that foot heals up and, and yeah, we'll see an even better version next time. We see it quite often with trotters and, and particularly your grandmother's breed that, that time is their friend. Are we still probably 12 months away, do you think, from seeing the best of them? Yeah, easily. Um, like you say, Nana's breed has always notoriously taken a little bit of time and, and he's a, a big rangy fella as well. He Pristine was a lovely big son on mare and obviously Love You can throw throw to the bigger side as well. And um, He definitely hasn't filled out to his frame yet and I still think he's easily 6 to 12 months away. Winning races at any point at any track in the country is is a wonderful feeling, but 
there's that added extra special factor to this horse in particular, obviously being owned by your nana and bred by her, but, you know, it's a real family affair. I know your daughter Kenzie was on track on, on Friday night taking it all in, saw some great dance moves from her in the winner's bar at Addington and your partner Johnny, of course, as well. Um, that just makes moments like that a lot more special than what the game's all about, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. Um like you say, Mackenzie was there, which was pretty cool. She doesn't often get to the races um, at Addington on a Friday, normally just sort of a bit late for her and a bit cold. But um, bringing in the family factor again, Nana was actually looking after Kenzie for us that day, so she brought her in. And, um, and yeah, so it was very cool to have her there and then to win for um, Nana on, on the sources is even better. What do we do now, Kim? When will we see him next? Uh, probably pencilling in... Um, Friday night again, I think it was two weeks from that last start. Um, I'd hope to sort of get him into the um, down to Philippi Memorial, but with that win the other night, just bumped him out of the classes a little, a couple points too high. So I think there's a 55 and faster stand that we'll, that we'll aim for there. And um, then we'll just see after that whether he scrapes into the Winter Rewards series or not. Um, just having the limited starts might might be a bit low. But yeah, we'll just yep. see how he goes into time. It was your ninth training win of your short training and limited training career, Kim? How many horses you're working out there at Dunsandley your own, and then how many collectively with with Johnny as part of the Roseland Racing brand? Uh, the number the number varies week to week a wee bit, but um, myself, I've got four here, uh, three in Anna's, um, obviously masterclass. Then we've got a wee father Patrick, two year old filly out of Princess Sophia, and then a majestic son, uh, half brother to masterclass yearling. Um, they're all ticking along nicely, and then I've just recently purchased an American Ideal Yearling filly as well. So they're just um, pottering away behind the scenes. Um, and then, yeah, Johnny's got about four or five of his own as well. So we're all just working together, and um, obviously very lucky. Johnny's dad, John Cox, he, him and Dorothy have a house on our property, so he he plays a big part in making helping us with the horses. Um, and Dorothy, obviously. <laughs> is a bit of a built-in babysitter and helps us with McKenzie, so we're very lucky on that front. We say it too often and probably quite a lot when you actually think about it, but it really is a family game. It's uh, it's fantastic to see families coming together and, and enjoying success like that. And hopefully, Kim, it can carry on for you today. You've got three drives at Addington. I hope you've got the wet weather's packed. It's a little bit sticky out there. We'll just run through them quickly. Race one, you drive number 11, Queen Doreen, for your good friend Michael Palermo. Clean, got around cleanly, uh, fresh up last time out behind Bet and Win. What can you tell us about this horse? Yeah, um, she's just a nice wee mare. Uh, Mike bought off um, off Facebook, I think. So she she's very green. She only had one trial, I think, going into her races, and then the first handful of starts, she just made mistakes um, getting away. And I think that was just her learning and figuring it all out. And like you say, last start, she managed to put it all together and got around really cleanly. And she actually did a fair bit of work in that race. And um, and I'm still happy with the way she sort of found the line, considering it's probably her first real race. Um, that she took part in so I think she's one to keep an eye on she'll just get better and better as the experience goes along and um, I think Mike has figured her out and got her pretty spot on as well Excellent, so one to keep a look out for race one number 11, Queen Doreen 
as well as training a team and, and driving at the races and being a mum to Kenzie and, and looking after your fiancé and Johnny, because he takes a lot of looking after, I'd imagine, you also spend time working for Brent and Tim White in Ashburton. So for those that don't know geographically, that's what, a 40-minute drive from your place in Dunsandle to the Ashburton Racecourse every day. You jump in the bike for them with Sassy Star in race number four, number nine. Talented trotter, but does look to have a few tricks up the sleeve. Yeah, definitely. She's a bit of a temperamental wee thing. Um, she did a good job as a three-year-old, and I think actually one of her last starts was actually in the three-year-old uh, trotting oak. So she had a big season last season and had come to the end of it by then. Um, and she's had a had a decent break and comeback seems pretty strong. She's had one trial, um, which she didn't actually trot her best in, which surprised us. But we um, we've changed a couple of things, few gear adjustments, and we play around with her shoes. And yeah, she seems pretty on song. So if like you say, her manners um, can be her worst enemy most of the time, but if she can get away cleanly, um, it's a nice wee, wee feel for her to come come back in. I think she could definitely be a big player. Money's obviously coming. A bit of mid-Canterbury money obviously floating around. 750 into $6 is Sassy Star in race four. Race number five, you jump in the bike on one of Johnny's horses. In number 14, he's Santa's excuse. Really good two starts to go fresh up when running second and then just never really got warm last time. How, how are you assessing his chances today from the outside of the second row? Yeah, it's one of those ones with him. Um, draws never really seem to fall in his favour. Um but he is a horse that if they go hard up front early and he can sit back and um, do none of the early work, you can always sort of see him joining in late and, and he sticks to his guns and finds a line. Um, like you say, the second was a really, really good run. Uh, his last start, they just sort of run along the whole time and he never got a chance to catch his breath and, um, and that just sort of told at the end. So I, he's a little bit um, in the hands of what the others do early and mid-race, but um, he's an honest big fella and he... They'll always try hard out for us. Excellent. 145 driving wins for you, Kim, closing in on the 150. If you had to put your hand on your heart and say one of them was going to take you to 146 today, which one of it, which one of the three would it be? I'll, I'll follow the money and um, stick with Sassy Star, I think. Excellent. Hey, that's Kim But Thanks very much for joining us on Trot's Talk this morning, Kim. All the best with your chances today, and we look forward to seeing Masterclass back out on the track soon. Thank you very much, Matt. Thanks for having me. Cheers, Kimberly. But there, coming in from Dunsandal, she's got three nice chances today, I thought, and in form at the moment after that win on Friday night with Masterclass, who is going to win a lot more races. A trotter well worth following for punters out there. Of course, part of the Butt dynasty, daughter of Anthony and mum Karen. So, Kimberly, a driver to carry on following over the rest of the winter months and into the spring. Just looking at producer dude Robbie now, wondering whether we're going to go and pay some early bills and then hook into the Southern Mad segment. You're live on Trot's Talk this morning. Matt Markham filling in for Greg O'Connor and Mick Guerin. We'll go and pay some bills and we'll be back shortly. I'm pretty sure that's going to be my funeral song, Southern Man song. 
Dennis Henderson, what a man, outstanding. Welcome back into Trot's Talk on your Sunday morning, Matt Markham filling in for Greg O'Connor and McGuerin. With thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand, who partner up here with the SENZ team to bring you Trot's Talk each week. Into the Southern Mad segment, time to really knuckle down and try and find some winners for you today at Addington, where it is Diamond Racing Stables Day. We're continuing this run of stables around the Canterbury region, getting behind race meetings and sponsoring a day. And today's the turn of Diamond Racing, Robert and Jenna Dunn, and of course John Dunn out there at Woodham Beach and up in Auckland. And one person who I thought could start the day on the right fashion for punters out there is Kyle Cameron. He's got three runners from his team engaged today starting off with the favourite in the first of the day and Brett's mate a very good morning to you Kyle how are we? Yeah good thanks Matt um, I'm yeah, just travelling in there in the drizzle but hopefully uh, a little more clear of for lucky but uh, yeah no all well Excellent. Now, one of the reasons that I did actually want to uh, get you on when I was looking through earlier in the week was that you had what I thought was a very nice maiden in called Vanderbilt. And before we hook into your team today, I understand Vanderbilt might have been sold during the week. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He um, he was trialled in Vita during the week and he's um, going to WA, I'm pretty sure. So, uh, yeah, really nice horse and, and disappointing to lose him. But um, money in the bank um, is the safe option. Uh, that's, Ma- that's what we've done there. Money definitely rules. Leaves you with a team of three today, Kyle, and we kick off in uh, four, the first actually. of the four. Oh, I've missed one. Yep. We'll yep. run through them. Yep. We'll see which one I've missed. <laughs> but we'll kick things off yep. in race number one with Brett's mate. An informed maiden trotters had three starts for two placings and a fourth. Looks to be knocking on the door of a maiden success. How's he come through that last run, and where are the confidence levels at going into today? Uh, yeah, pretty confident. He's, he's quite a nice um, mannered horse, so one shouldn't be too much trouble. Um, just last week, uh, they sort of run the bend pretty hard, and he just didn't trot 100 around the last bend, but as soon as he hit the straight, he was good as gold and, and, and got home good. I'm sort of expecting, uh, being a Sunday field, they possibly won't run that bend quite so hard, um, and he's, he's pretty genuine, so I think he'd be a pretty good chance. Is he a horse that can do anything in his races, Kyle? Is he is he better coming off the speed, uh, or would you like to be on the top end? He, or he's just got a little bit of a good glitch in his gait. You could just touch a little bit of behind, and um, it's it's more a case of just when he's trotting good, you can go, and when when you you can't, when he's not. But um, he's um, I think he's building to being able to do work in his run. Um, I don't, I don't think it's it's just the way they've been. We've sort of logged nice enough spots, and um, uh, haven't needed to do any work, so. I think I think off the draw he'll probably get himself in a pretty good spot again. To be honest, I, I don't know that he'll be needing to be doing work today either. Really, excellent. He's four dollars into two dollars twenty, and I only had to scroll down one finger roll to find your other runner that I had missed. It's in the same race, number six, Opawa Peak. Tim Williams in the bike, encouraging run last time. I, a sixth just looked like the run of an improver. Yeah, yeah, that was sort of uh, he, he galloped off the gate his first start back and. Um, backed up the same weekend and so it was virtually his first up run and I probably got a little bit eager and uh, was three wide around the last bend when I probably should have been hugging the rails he would have finished a bit closer I think he'll improve off that run he's sort of working as good as the other fella um, I, I'd expect him to you know I think if he if he trots off the mark he trotted off the mark beautifully first first go at it last start but then they had a false start and he missed away I think if he trots off the mark he could be first fours Excellent. He's 480 a place at the moment, so uh, maybe one for the multiples, trifectas, first fours, etc. Then you go to race four, Kyle, a new runner to your stable, purchased off Gavel House, I think, in Love Potion from the Tony Hurlihy stable. What can you tell us about this runner? 
Um, yeah, I, I uh, uh, she was purchased off Gavel House. I just found out afterwards when uh, she arrived, yeah, uh, off the truck, and she's a huge, big lump of a horse. Um, she's, um, I'll be honest, she's had a couple of trials, and she's okay. Uh, but we're sort of getting two and three horse trials, and and it just looked a nice first option, two thousand metre stand today. So, uh, whatever she does today, she'll improve off. Um, I, I just like to be putting a clear round in, uh, and if we could be running on, that'd be great. Um, that'd be that'd be a pass mark for today, to be honest. So that's Love Potion in race number four, maybe one to keep an eye on in the coming weeks and months. You then go to race seven where I thought you actually had a really, really strong chance here in number 11, Style Council, who's been running some really, really good races of late and looks like it falls into a race that could be within the wheelhouse today. Yeah, yeah. His, his last start effort, he was a little bit flat on the journey, to be honest, but um, I wasn't going to back him up this week, but but it was uh, a significant drop back for him, and the 2,000 metre stand does sort of suit. Um, so I think he's a live chance. One, the second row, we're lap of the gods early, how far back we get, to be honest. But um, I think um, I haven't done too much with him this week, just to freshen him a little. And, um, yeah, I, I think he's definitely um, a good place chance anyway. He follows out noted stand start beginner in Kennedy from the Sue Blake stable, so might not be, get a bad run through there. Is he a sort of horse that you know you, you want to tuck up and sort of let have one go at them? Yeah, yeah, I think from there that wouldn't be the worst. Like you say, Kennedy can get out, so if, if we um, can just hold the back of him even or, or not too far back, I think um, he's a tough little bugger. He'll, he'll uh, yeah, he'll be running on anyway. Excellent. Might be a bit of a moot question considering the price it's at, but Brett's mate, the best of your chances today? Yeah, you'd have to think so, yeah. Excellent. Hey, thanks very much for joining us on Trot's Talk this morning, Kyle. All the best with your team today, the three and the one that I did forget. Hopefully we'll see you in the winner's circle after race number one. Thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for that, man. Kyle Cameron has a really strong chance to kick off the day in Brett's mate in race number one. It's into $2.20. One man who is low-flying at the moment is Carter Dalgetty. Currently sits second on the Junior Drivers Premiership with 26 wins on the board, second only to the high-flying Sarah O'Reilly. 60 wins for his career. The 60th of them came on Friday night when he piloted Sweet Coco to three from three since it joined the stable of his parents, Green and Chrissy Dalgetty. Carter's on the line now. Very good morning to you, Carter. How are we on this Sunday morning? Yeah, man. Yeah, pretty good. Thanks. But wet here in Canterbury, but can't complain in winter. You would have caught that All Blacks game this morning, being the rugby buff you are. What were you, what were your thoughts? Oh, I loved it. Yeah, I liked um, seeing sort of a new shape up of a team, a few players in different positions. It was yeah, it was great. Excellent. We're not here to talk rugby. We're here to talk racing. Two drives for you today. But before we get to them, I just want to touch on Sweet Coco because she's been an inspired buy into your stable by Michael Boots as part of Boots Racing. Three wins on end and there's still a bit to learn, but gee, she was good on Friday night. Yeah, for sure. We were actually lucky to pick her up. Um, she was spotted out by um, a good agent, Matthew Peden, at the trials and we'd, we liked her and decided to buy her, so... Yeah, she. I will say she's probably exceeded our expectations, um, what she's done so far, but even the bottom hasn't been found yet, so she'll um, make her way to the, the better Phillies races in the middle and the end of this year. Was that one on Friday night as easy as it looked, apart from the wee driving issues halfway up the straight when she wanted to sort of run around on you? Yeah, it was. Um, she's sort of done that in her, all of her three starts with us. It's probably a little bit worse last Friday, but 
yeah, she every time she comes in, she just recovers so good and, and hardly blows a match out. So, yeah, you're right. It was the easy as it looked. Two drives for you today at Eddington. You've obviously done something to annoy the man in charge of the, or the man or the lady in charge of the barrier draws because you've got the outside of the second row in both of them. Kick off in race number six, the junior drivers event. You drive Sophia Bromack for Mark Smolenski, a horse that you have driven before. A good last start winner with Zachary Butcher in the bike at Eddington. Seems like the sort of horse that could pop up here and give them a bit of a fright. What do you think? Yeah, she really deserved her win last start. She's always honest and gives her best. And I think her draw today actually really suits her. And you know what junior driver races like? Anything can happen. So, yeah, I'll give her a good chance because she's always trying. The one thing that, that does work in her favour is she is such a good follower of speed. And as you say, the junior driver races tend to be run at a pretty solid tempo. But she has shown in the past that she can sustain that speed for a while. So is it a case of just weighing up the options, you know, down the back straight and see where things are at and then look to move from there? Yeah, that's exactly it, um, as you say. Um, it could be fireworks being a junior race or it can be the complete opposite and nobody moves. So that's what i just got to make my mind up out there and, she gives me a bit of confidence she can do a bit too because it's not a really power-packed field. So, yeah, good chance. $12, $3.20. I thought Sophia Bromack was excellent each-way value. Your other drives in the last of the day, Carter, and had it drawn the front line, I think it would have been one of the best bets of the day, Glenthorne. I still think he's massive over the odds. He's 10s and $3. His run last Friday night for third I thought was excellent. How did you assess that run? And do you think he can win that last race today? Yeah, he's such a tough horse, this Glenthorne. Um, you can actually drive him a little bit ugly and he can still go really good. As you said, her front line draw is his go. But, um, yeah, from from the second row, it's going to be really tough. Would you, you I'm saying that you can drive him a little bit tough, though, but if they back off at some point, you wouldn't be afraid to get around them and get outside the leader, would you? Yeah, 100%. He's raced a lot better fields than this, so... That does give me the confidence to put him into the race at some point, and I know he can sustain sustain a strong tempo for a long time. So yeah, he's a nice horse to drive. You must be wrapped with the way things are going in the sulky Carter. Sixty wins on the board, twenty six for the season. Great strike rate. You know you're picking up a winner or two most weeks, uh, particularly on those Friday nights at Eddington. Uh, yeah, you must you know pinch yourself at times to think uh, this is a pretty incredible start to your driving career. Yeah, I definitely do. It's it's definitely been a great start to the, to the driving career and um, just having a lot of fun out there, trying to give every horse a chance and everything else seems to fall into place. Are you a goal setter? You, you, 26 wins on the board, as we've said, for the season. Is there a mark you want to get to or are you just happy to take things as they come week by week? Uh, probably a bit of both. I definitely, I probably set long-term goals um, rather than sort of win for the season, but yeah, it's, it's been a great start so far, and if I can keep um, trying to stay up there in the junior driver premiership, I'll be happy. Excellent. Carter, thank you very much for joining us on Trot's Talk this morning. Good luck with your two chances, who I think are both great each-way hopes today in Sophia Bromack and Glenthorne. And keep up the good work, and looking forward to seeing you drive more and more winners as the weeks and months go by. So thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Matthew. Always a pleasure.
Carter Dalgetty, one of the inform men in the sulky at the moment, driving winners frequently, doing a fantastic job. That's our Southern Man segment for this week. I think we're going to go away and pay some more bills. And then on the other side, we're going to catch up with Mark Jones, another person who is in great form at the moment. So we'll be back shortly to catch up with Mark. Welcome back into Trot's Talk on your Sunday morning ahead Head of racing action today at Addington. Just looking out the window and the uh, mist is really starting to settle in. So it's going to be a fun old afternoon out there for our drivers and trainers and stable hands alike at the Addington Raceway. One man who's got one horse in today, but that's not what we've got him on the phone, is Mark Jones. He was cautiously looking in at Albion Park last night where he had his trotter hot to trot going around in the Group 1, the, the Great Square. Not the result you wanted, Mark, finishing a little bit further down the track than what you would have hoped for. Uh, what were the reports from Jack on him last night? And a very good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Matt. Yeah, it was a pretty disappointing effort from the trotter. And you know, Jack's given every chance. He got a good run. And he said he had a race quite bad. And you know, he had a bit of, bit of discharge out of those afterwards. He may not have been 100, but you know, we don't make excuses. And it's just a bad night not to be 100% and we'll just move on. Just reassess things with him. We'll see how the next couple of days go and then make some plans from there. Yeah, we'll just see how he comes through. we just got to get him back to being right. And there's a mobile against the free fallers in a couple of weeks up there, which we may look at. And if he's not you know, right for that, he'll just head back to Sydney and do a bit of racing there for the next 12 months and hopefully you know, make a boy into a man and he can come back a better horse in New Zealand in 12 months' time. So keep an eye out for Hot to Trot over the coming weeks over in Australia. Mark, it's been... Last night aside, a really, really good past month for you and the stable out there at Overport Lodge with some good winners. We've seen the likes of uh, Bella Button doing the job, Lizzie Richter doing the job as well. understand Bella Button has been sold this week and we'll head off to do the rest of her racing in America. Yeah, unfortunately we had to sell her. The offer was quite good to, to America and not many trotters get sold to America. So, um, you know, she's done a great job for the stable to what we brought, brought her for and how much she won and... You know, she won a lot of races and done a good job for Gemma and the owners. So, you know, she's a she's a sad loss to the stable, but hopefully we can find something to replace her. And as Cole said earlier, the money in the bank doesn't break down, so it's always a good move financial-wise. You'd love every cheap purchase that you managed to secure to be uh, end up like her and do the job that she did. Yeah, we only expected to win one, maybe two races with her, and, you know, what we've done with her just seemed to click. So um, they're very, very few and far between. Probably the first one we've had like that, so... Um, you know, it's just a bit of luck and you need luck in this game. 38 wins on the board for the term, which has you tied with Michael House third on the overall premiership. That number was added to on Friday night when you unleashed a very, very smart maiden in Sweet Home, Alabama. Did the manner in which the son of Sweet Lou won surprise you at all? Uh, not really. We always quite liked him. He's one of those horses we just don't know how good he is. He's just... If you wanted to get the perfect racehorse, he is the perfect racehorse. He's got great manners, great attitude, great gait, and you know he just does what he has to. And you know, not often Blair gets off a horse and speaks as highly as he did about him. So um, he makes makes my job easy. He's a great racehorse, and you know how far he goes, we're not too sure. And whether Wayne keeps him or sells him, that's up to him. But you know, we did expect him to beat a maiden field pretty easy on Friday. 
was going to bring that up. Continues a great association that you've had in the last four, five, six years with Wayne Higgs, of course, who a lot of people will remember as a trainer on his own right. Had a big team uh, there probably 15 or so years ago. That relationship and partnership that you guys have built with the Memphis horses, delightful Memphis, major Memphis, etc. Um, it's turning out to be to be a really strong combination. Yeah, it probably goes back to one of our old mates, Stu Bailey, who passed away a few years ago. He kind of got us in, involved with Wayne, and um, yeah, it's, it's been a great success. We sold Wayne and Mia in Foal, which happened to be delightful Memphis was the result in Foal, and you know, she won nearly a million, and then you move on to Stylish Memphis and Memphis, Tennessee, and Major Memphis, and some more coming through. And yeah, we've had a lot of success through the way, a lot of sales along the way, and it's been very good financially. So um, a lot of winners on the racetrack, both sides of the Tasman. So you know, we have a good understanding of each other and both of us for the right reasons and have a bit of fun. So it's, um, yes, been very good. When are we likely to see Sweet Home Alabama on the track again? Uh, you'll probably just have a wee break now. You know, there's, there's a few agents looking at them, but that's up to Wayne whether he keeps them or races them. And um, he'll probably have a few weeks off and, you know, get back to have a run or two before the size takes. And, you know, it's a big jump up to race them, but you've got to give him a chance. He can either sink or swim, so hopefully he can swim. I look through the team that you had racing on Friday night, and I know the run's been good over the last month, but there's a lot of encouragement there that it's going to continue. You know, we saw horses like the Coleman and Rosie Richter and, you know, other maidens like Kofi Nugget, etc., that have been running really good races in recent weeks without grabbing a win. So you'd like to think that run's hopefully going to continue over the coming weeks. The stable's going really well. Yeah, I'd like to think so, Matt. They're probably the best way to, I like to explain it. They're the right horse in the right grade at the right time of year. So, um, you know, we've we've been pretty successful the last couple of months and should continue for a while. And probably the pleasing thing is we've got some quite nice, well-bred young stock coming through that, you know, we'll trial in a couple of months that seem to be above average as well. And it will be a hard time of year with the two years coming out later from the big stables. But, um, you know, we have a you know, small, nice team that we've got and it's quite good going to races each week knowing you're going to be competitive anyway. You're obviously a dual code stable. You've got a galloping team there as well. How many horses are you training across both codes at the moment? Uh, we only have about 26 paces at the moment, and um, we've got three gallopers at work. And you know, this is a, the gallopers actually go quite quite nice. And we had a nice two-year-old trial up good the other week. So um, yeah, they're a small team, and we don't like to do too big a numbers and put the put the time into what we've got, and it seems to be working. But, yeah, I've always found once you get your numbers too big and you miss those one and two percenters, that's, that's the difference between winning and losing. So, um, yeah, we try to keep our numbers down and, and do as good a job as we can, and the results are kind of showing. Absolutely they are with those 38 wins. You're actually one win away from 750 career training wins too in New Zealand, so uh, that may happen today with Louis Vista. But before we touch on him... Uh, of the maidens and the other horses that are running around in the stable for the punters out there listening to Trot's talk this morning that might want to put one in their little black book, which horse do you think is capable of, say, winning a race in the next week or so? I think probably the, the nicer maiden we've got is a maiden called Rosie Richter. She's only a three-year-old filly who'll get better, and she went good first up and should improve. So she's probably one of the stable in the next few weeks to follow. Excellent. Rosie Richter, keep that one tucked away for another rainy day. Louis Vista goes round for you today, Mark. How do you assess its chances? Yeah, he's going to need a bit of luck from one in the back row, but he was quite unlucky last start and he gets in a race that if he doesn't get too far back and gets one crack at them, he's probably good enough to win that, but he's like the rest of the field. They've all had plenty of chances. So um, he gets his chance today and we just want no bad luck and he, he shouldn't be far away.
Probably should touch on the fact that uh, getting Gemma Thornley into the stable seems to have worked a real masterstroke. She's driving out of her skin at the moment and delivering a lot of results for you on the track. Yeah, it's been great, and she probably drove too good. She had to claim pretty quick, but um, you know, it's great to get those half points with her under the 50 wins, and you know, she's still driving good, and you know, we're happy to put her on as well as the owners. And you know, I'm a great believer in giving everybody an opportunity, and it's up to them to make the most of the opportunity they you know they get. And Jim is definitely doing that and getting the results on the track, and everybody's happy. So um, you know, it's a good combination and good good driver to call on if we got two in a race or Sam's either suspended or or got another drive. So um, you know, if she does the hard work at home, she deserves you know the chances, and it's because that she's you know taking them with both hands and getting getting rewards for it. Obviously, a couple of the the stable favourites have have gone uh, either retired or sold in the last couple of months. And I talk of uh, the wonderful trotter Sue Princess, and of course Art Attack, who did a fantastic job over a uh, a busy racing career here in New Zealand, sold to America. The hunt's always on to try and find horses to replace ones like that, isn't it? It is a yeah, they are extremely hard to to replace. And you know, our stable, we do like to race your horses. We you know, there's no money in the box thing at home, and you know, probably by the results, they, they race most weeks and race good. So um, they're very hard to find. Probably the ones coming through are probably a bit better bred and seem a bit nicer. But you know, like if, if they can turn up and do a job, that's it. And always looking for new ones, but it's um, yeah, it's hard to replace horses that win 16 and 18 races. So um, I think Heart Attack was the most winning horse I've ever trained. So you wouldn't pick that. No, you certainly wouldn't. Thank you very much for joining us on Trot's Talk this morning. Mark, we'll let you go. We know you're a busy man, but thanks for taking some time to have a chat with us ahead of today's meeting and, of course, looking back to that wonderful win of Sweet Home Alabama on Friday night. All the best over the coming weeks. Hopefully that run continues. Yeah, thanks, Matt, and all the best to the punters today. Mark Jones, one of the best in the business, very astute when it comes to placing his horses. He's not afraid to race them and he gets the results for his owners and is enjoying a really, really good run of form at the moment. We're going to head over the Tasman now and catch up with good friend of the show, the original Southern man, as they call it, Greg O'Connor. Very good morning to you, Greg. How are things over in Queensland? Yeah, morning to you, Matthew. Uh, sounds like you're doing a sterling job there, mate, filling the seat. So uh, a couple of interesting uh, interviews uh, there. Look, uh, last night, uh, Albion Park, we all went there to see one horse uh, leap to fame, and, and he absolutely delivered in the Aqua Construction's Rising Sun. Um, if, if people are listening to this and they haven't had a chance to have a look, um, go on to harness.org.au, have a look at Albion Park, race eight from last night and you'll see something special. You know, Matthew, when you go onto a racetrack and all anyone was talking about was leap to fame, and when he took the lead a lap out, the buzz, the noise from uh, people cheering with a lap to go, it was a little bit like I was lucky enough last year to go to the third state of origin when Ben Hunt got the ball about 60 metres out, and you just knew he was going to score. Well, when Leap to Fame got the lead last night, you just knew he was going to win. And it was by how much and let's enjoy the last thousand metres. And yeah, I, I was in awe of him last year when I saw him win the derby and he's he's gone to another level now. And it's not just the manner in which he wins, Greg. It's it's the way he's actually beaten the clock too. I mean, I saw some reports this morning that he'd been privately timed to run his last mile in, in one forty nine, which... I wouldn't imagine that easy around Albion Park. I know it is a quick track, but, you know, those times are correlating to him deserving every plaudit that's being thrown his way. Yeah, absolutely, Matthew. And, and of course, for half of the race, he was off the track. You know, he was working, and 
Um, the other big thing was never pull the earplugs. So there's still some improvement there, which sounds ridiculous. He equaled the track record last night, which is coincidentally uh, held at the moment by his half-brother Swayze, who went round a couple of races earlier and put his names and in, in, in lights in the Mr. Feelgood. But you're right, it's the, it's the way he did it. I sat next to Ryan Phelan last night, and I'll never forget when Christian Cullen uh, won his Miracle Mile, Ryan said, C might stand for Christian Cullen, but I think it stands for champion. Well, L might say leap to fame, but I actually think he might become a legend, this horse. He, he, he really has everything going from The other remarkable thing, Matthew, is when he comes back, like he comes back to the, the parade ring to get the, the, the rug on and that sort of, you, would, you look at him and you go, well, he looks like he's only just warmed up. He, ha- he hasn't yeah. even, you know, he's not exerting any extra uh, effort at all. And, and I, I spoke to Grant Dixon earlier in the night, and I said, well, what, what's the difference? And he said, when he won the patron's purse at Redcliffe, he came back to the stable, or came back to the, the same position to get the, the rug, and he went straight to the stable, and they put um, they, they put the heart rate monitor, and his heart rate was back to 86, like boom. Like, like, like back to resting rate. So he takes nothing out of himself, and he said the next morning you go and he's left nothing feed-wise, and um, you know he, he he could go around the next day. So that's what the very very good horses uh, can do. They they don't use and waste energy, and um, he probably won't go to the Garrard Sunshine Sprint next Saturday. I don't think there's any need for him to do that, but uh, the people will get a chance to see him in the Blacks of Fate in less than uh, a fortnight now. And I think the uh, New Zealand bookies have reacted to that performance last night and cut his price in half for the Blacks of Fake. So uh, I think there was some nice money on offer. It might have been about $2.50 there at one point. So uh, we've missed out on that. Greg, the rest of the night, and just before I do touch on that, there was some talk a few months ago about Leap to Fame possibly having a look at a New Zealand Cup tilt. Do you think there's any chance of that? I'm going to have a good dig. I'm going to have a decent crack at it. Look. Look, look, it won't happen this year, Matt, because yep. there's a very good reason for that. He's got the $2 million Eureka in September where he'll have to face the Miracle Mile winner and, and, and catch a wave and, and Captain Ravishing. Uh, and then he's got the Inter-Dominion here at Albion Park. So he's own trained, bred in, in Queensland. They're going to want to win the last Inter-Dominion that will be held at Albion Park because there will not be another one. And there hasn't been one since Yorkstar won in 2001. Um, so there's no chance of him coming to the New Zealand Cup this year. However, Grant's already said he, he has a desire in, in life to, to have a runner go round in the New Zealand Cup. So um, let's hope that we can uh, that we can make it 2024. Wouldn't that be fantastic? Uh, you talked about Swayze before, who I thought was really, really good. Actually looked flat coming off the back, but just kept digging for Cameron Hart. And London to a brick, winning the, uh, the Group 1 Great Square. I thought that was a great performance too. Yeah, both of them. Uh, Swayze's low-flying for, for Jason Grimson, and he'll be in the Blacks of Fake, so he'll add another dimension uh, to that. And what about London to a brick? A better delight out of a Christian Cullen mare. So the, the Donegal better Gretsch cross there, and, and um, you know, we've seen a few good better delights. Trotters, Double Delight's another uh, 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 the horse of Tony Hurley's. What's her name? Double, yep. Double Delight. Yep, she, Yep, she uh, she won a harness jewel, so it, it's not foreign to have a better delight do that. And speak to James Rattrace, he couldn't pace a yard. Um, saw it trotting around the paddock, thought we might as well try try him trotting, and, and look what he produced. So uh, yeah, the other disappointment of the night was Manhattan, but she broke gear. 
So you can just completely rule a line through that. She's in the Golden Girl uh, next week for $150,000, and uh, hopefully she can come up with a good barrier draw because her previous two runs may have been outstanding. So, look, the night was great. Um, the performance everyone wanted to see was delivered in the form of uh, Leap to Fame, and he's certainly Australia's pin-up boy at the moment. Excellent, Greg. Uh, lots to look forward to in the coming weeks, but I'm sure there's some golf on the horizon for you at some point in the next couple of days. Well, they did come along as part of the baggage, so I guess I'll have to get them out uh, at some point. And when you consider uh, looking at the weather uh, photos I've been sent from Christchurch, I, I think I might be in the right place, but I'd best be leaving that there in case someone from the family's listening. <laughs> Excellent. Thanks very much for joining us on Trot's Talk this morning, Greg. Enjoy the rest of your time over there, and we'll catch up soon. Yeah, we will. Thanks for filling in, Matt. You're doing a great job. Cheers, Greg. Greg O'Connor, live from Queensland over there as part of the Constellations Carnival at Albion Park, got to witness Leap to Fame in the flesh last night. Lucky, lucky man. We're going to go and pay some more bills for the last time today, and then when we come back on the other side, we're going to catch up with TAB bookmaker Matthew Peden. Welcome back into the final stretch in Trot's Talk on this Sunday with thanks to Harness Racing New Zealand. It's been a busy show. Caught up with a few people, hopefully found a few winners. We're going to close off by catching up with a good friend of the show and Matthew Peden from the TAB. Very good morning to you, Matthew. Good, uh, good morning, Matthew. Top of the morning to you. How's things in the bookmaker land? Have we got a runner today that you can tell our listeners out there in SENZ land that has been the best-backed runner of the day so far today at Addington? We sure do, Matthew. There's a heap of money flying around for a Sunday too, which is, uh, which is good. Field Sunday turnover should be strong, hopefully. And uh, one runner in particular they've honed in on in the form of Black Mac in race number six, the junior driver's race. Yeah. We opened up at $4.50 yesterday. Uh, lasted all of about 90 seconds into 220 pretty quickly. So uh, it's the best back runner of the day, clearly best back runner of the day. And I think just looking at the pattern of money, there's a chance it might get into the red as well. So Black Mac, a race number six, number eight, Sam Thornley for Ken Barron. A couple of well-backed runners early on in the day. Brett's mate's been uh, backed in from a similar price of 450 as well. And I see there's a bit of money floating around for Rita, fresh up in race number two. Yeah, and just on Brett's mate, about an hour ago, I would have given it to him as the best back runner of the day, but just in terms of dollars invested, but that money's dried up and there's been a little bit that started to come now for both Pete's moment and for Spirit in the Sky. So they're two to watch out on as well if you do like the topic. Excellent. Been a busy time on the bookmaker's desk by the look of it. I see that there's a few new markets that have opened in the past 24 hours, but before we have a look at them... I know there was a reaction to what we saw at Albion Park last night from Leap to Fame. What price was it, and what have you cut it into for the Blacks of Fake? Yeah, that's right. The, uh, he was 260 before last night, Matthew. I came on with uh, Gregory about two weeks ago and said that if you wanted to back uh, Leap to Fame for the Blacks of Fake, back him before the rising sun, because if he wanted, he'd be significantly shorter. And that's what he is. He's 155 now. Uh, it's hard to see anything being backed pre-draw to, to beat Leap to Fame, and the hype around him is probably going to see him start Suzon, if not slightly shorter, depending on where he draws. But um, 155, and I, I think that's probably about right for now. A lot of markets open in the futures department on the TAB website. I think there's about 13 all up there under the harness section. I know in the last day or so, the trotting Derby, the trotting Oaks and the trotting free-for-all have all been added to the futures market. And I thought you've offered us up a little bit of a gift here for a Sunday morning. 
$1.60 for Muscle Mountain to win the New Zealand Trotting Free-for-All. He, If he lines yeah, up in that, he'll start better than $1.10. Look, we're, we're feeling generous. Um, we're still four <laughs> or five months away from that. So if you're wanting to take the 160 this far out, we'll be happy to uh, we'll be happy to give you a little bit of a Christmas gift or an early Christmas gift. But that's right. There's plenty of markets there. We, we're going to try and roll everything out for the spring in the next sort of four or five weeks, and assuming that we'll see the better horses step out of the trials in the next four to six weeks that are aiming at the spring campaign. So uh, if you do spot something that you like at the trials and you think they're going to have a good uh, good preparation ahead of them, you'll be able to back them for the races that they may potentially appear in. Excellent. Thank you very much, Matt Peden. Exciting times ahead. We start to see the cup horses coming out. Those New Zealand Trotting Cup markets are on the website as well. Thanks for joining us, and I'm sure you'll be back on with Greg and Mick in the coming weeks. Thank you, Matthew. Excellent. That's Matthew Peden from the TAB Bookmakers Desk. That's about my run here on Trots Talk this morning. Thanks to Greg and Mick for letting me fill in. Uh, thanks too to Kim, Kyle, Carter, Mark, Greg and Matt for coming on and tipping us a few winners. Hopefully you find one today at Addington. I'm going to have the each way bet in the last of the day. Glenfawn, race eight, number 13. Until next time.